Welcome to Real Foot Forward, a West Tennessee podcast from Discovery Park of America in Union City, Tennessee. Today's episode is brought to you by Parker's Outfitting. everybody to Real Foot Forward, a West Tennessee podcast where we explore the history, the people, and the culture of our home here in West Tennessee. I'm your host, Scott Williams. Okay, Zach, before I introduce today's very special guest, what's something that you've discovered this week at Discovery Park of America? So recently I was looking at the panels we have in Cooper Tower and got a bit of a geography lesson I probably should have already, already known, but I discovered that Tennessee and Missouri... Uh, border eight states, which is the most of everything in the United States. thought that was really cool. And it also showed the distances from Discovery Park to each state. Fantastic. And of course, while you were up there, you saw I-69 is on its way. They say it's going to open by Thanksgiving. So any of you planning to come to Discovery Park of America for Thanksgiving might be able to drive along I-69 to get here. So today's very special guest is Sarah Conley. We have a ton of things to talk about. Um, She has a lot of titles and wears a lot of hats and has worn a lot of hats, uh, is very involved in uh, a rural community nearby. Uh, Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. We're so glad to be here, and I'm so glad to get to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. Let's talk about your title. What it, I, I, you have a lot of different titles. I noticed what when you're introduced on a podcast. What title do we use? Well, for this one, we'll we will call me the um, chairperson of the Arts Council of Crockett, Tennessee. Fantastic. So, um, Crockett County, yes, is uh, obviously named after Davy Crockett. That's exactly yes, right. Yes, he was our congressman, and bless his heart, he chose he. Um, Represented us well, but he lost his seat and it made him mad. And he said, and I'm sorry to say these words, but he said, y'all can go to hell. I'm going to Texas. That's right. That's right. And he did. And you know what you get for cussing? Mm -hmm. You get shot. That's right. And, but then you get a a town named after the place where you got shot. So you live in Alamo, Tennessee. I do. Alamo, Tennessee. Do people who live in Alamo, do you ever get people confused thinking that you're a Texan? Yes. Oh, oh, Amazon drives everybody in Alamo crazy because it's Alamo TN instead of Mm. TX. And so we get a lot of that. I bet you do. I wondered that uh, not too long ago. Um, Zach, have you been to the Alamo? I have not. Zach has not been to the Alamo. You need to go. Have you been to Alamo, Tennessee? Uh, Well, you're missing out. And after we get through talking about this uh, today, I guarantee you, you're going to want to go. Um, now, in true Southern small town style, Sarah and I are also related. Um, I, we were just now looking at the family tree and our great, was he your great grandfather? Our great grandfather? two greats back. Okay, so second, he was your second great grandfather. Yes. And he was my great-grandfather so your second great-grandfather and my great-grandfather were brothers yes. is how it works so um i don't know what that makes us um we uh friendly we're friendly <laughs> that's right we we became reacquainted 
or we became acquainted through our Castellaw family reunion that takes place each year. Um, I think you came, so you came two years ago, right? I did. And then you actually hosted us this past, the, the, a few weeks ago. Yes, we had a great time. We had a great turnout. Oh, it was so fun to see everybody. And we had dinner on the grounds. True, you know, just typical Southern um, bring a dish family dinner and made acquaintances, had so much fun. It is, it's an interesting, as I was trying to tell my wife who couldn't make it, um, it's an interesting family reunion because it's not like we all grew up going to things with each other. We just all happen to be affiliated with the same last name. And so you have all these different people from all walks of life. Some, some grew up around each other, you know, who were cousins and others, you know, didn't. And, you know, but it, it typically only draws people who are interested in history or genealogy or family connections. And so it really is a fun group of people that get together every year. That's true. And there's also a lot of that Scott-Irish clannish business that goes on. I mean, Southern people are very clannish and you want to know who your clan is and you want to know the people in your clan. And so Mm -hmm. to me, that's one of the fun draws of it to see uh, the different walks of life that Thomas Jefferson Castellaw several generations back. And you see uh, the results of all these different families and the fun things they've done and the children that they've had and where they're scattered and the wonderful contributions they're making to our communities like you, Scott. Thank you so much for what you do for Discovery Park. And you're just, you're, uh, we, we all look to you and say, aren't we so proud that Scott is in our clan? Oh, thank you. And back at you, same, same feeling there. Thank you. Um, and and I think that um, it's interesting that you pointed that out because I had not really made that connection, you know, to the to the Scots Irish. But uh, Castellaw, uh, Thomas Jefferson Castellaw, came over to this area um, because uh, his son was affiliated with Richard Nixon, not the president, but the early settler who settled in Haywood County. Sent word back to all his friends at Cape Hearts Baptist Church and said, "It's a great place for you all to come settle." And they wagon trained over, and the Castellaws were in those wagon trains as well as a lot of the other families that are in our lines and settled. Um, it was around 1832, 1833, wow. and so all of us come out of those folks who said goodbye to their families knowing they would never see them again you That's know and, and i know nowadays when we travel you know you've moved around we you know i've moved around you know that you can get back to see people you can stay connected but back then when they when they migrated west that was it they were lucky you know? to get a letter once a year yep yep and exactly. i can't imagine as a parent how difficult that must have been mm-hmm. um, i think their expectations were different Oh, then. absolutely. Well, I mean, and they, you know, when they were 40, they were old. They That's were, right. You know, they were going to die when they were 40. So yeah. tell us a little bit about your path. Where did you grow up? Uh, tell us about your life. Oh, I grew up in a little place called Bells, Tennessee. It's six miles down the road from Alamo. Went to school at Martin, loved it. Came back home, uh, started teaching, uh, ended up a children's librarian in my school. Um, I taught it at Alamo School. Um my husband and I married. We've been married 36 years. We have five children, four boys and one mean old girl right in the middle. I saw on Facebook on Sunday, you had a great post. Oh, dude. And my mother posted on Sunday a picture of me from my birthday 
And so I got lots of happy birthdays again, even though it wasn't my birthday, you know. Um, <laughs> you cheated. I did. I did. Birthdays. I got two birthday acknowledgments. So I appreciated that. But um, so you had, what? where does the girl land? Was she the very last one or where does she? Right land? in the middle. Right in the middle. Two boys, a girl, and then two more boys. That is interesting. Yes. I guess so she was... is all sports. Okay. She loves everything Tennessee. She teaches down in Fairhope, Alabama and okay. wears her orange proudly and gets booed and harassed I bet. and I bet. but she loves it. So boys were probably kind of intimidated to ask her on a date because she had two two boys booking on bookends who were going to protect her. Apparently, when my uh, they were all at Knoxville, they all graduated from uh, from UT uh, Knoxville, and she was so glad when my son Patrick finally left there so that she could get a date. <laughs> right. They were right. pretty intimidating. Yeah, I bet. So um, your interest in the arts, where did yes. that start? Well, um, there was a lady called Freda Kenner who was well known in, in theater circles, and she uh, was from Bells. She uh, taught in Memphis, and she retired and came back home. And uh, she started giving theater lessons at our local high school. My mother had given me dance lessons for years because, you know, I had a lot of energy. And uh, so that was just the perfect fit for me. And I uh, uh, came right in and it was in a public school. So everybody had access to it. Now, Miss Freda was tuition based, but the tuition was low enough that anybody that wanted to be a part of that could be a part of that. And we also had in Crockett County, Joe Kincaid's. Um, studio. Um, anybody that has been in the arts in this area for any amount of time over the years are very familiar with Joe Kincaid. He had the Kincaid Voice Studio. He passed away. His sister, um, a former Miss Tennessee, Debbie Kincaid Gooch, and her husband, Gary Gooch, came in and continued that legacy. It was tuition-based. And so, um, my mama didn't have a lot of money, so she was able to give me those dance lessons, but I really wanted in that theater with Joe Kincaid. And because uh, because of Miss Freda Kenner, I, was, I, I had access to the stage. And I knew then that if I ever had an opportunity, I was going to find a way so that any child who was interested in the arts would have an opportunity to be a part of it. We're going to touch on that in just a minute, but first I want to back up to the Bell's Theater. Yes. Um, when I was a kid, my dad would tell me stories of, of his growing up in Haywood County in Brownsville, and Bell's was the theater that he would go to oftentimes to, to see the movies, and, and he has a lot of stories about my grandparents taking them. It must have been one of the first movie theaters. It was. Theaters. It was the Ray Theater. It was built in 1926. Wow. And in um, in 2015, uh, the director of the Chamber of Commerce, um, Charlie Moore, and I were having lunch with a lady named Mildred Brim, who was a um, a local volunteer and uh, loved bales. And Miss Mildred asked us if we would be interested in helping her save the Bells Theater and it becoming the home of the Arts Council. And that started a journey. Oh, my stars. We started there trying to save the Bells Theater. Uh, we raised $100,000. We uh, were able to get the, the Delta Regional Authority to give us a $200,000 grant, DRA. With that, we had $300,000. 
And so we were able to take that and do a matching grant with a $300,000 Parks and Rec grant, Mm. which got us Mm $600,000. And then we got a clean energy grant for another $300,000. We ended up with $900,000 to save that Bell's Theater, got into it. Those of you that have been, been in Bell's know that the theater is like, just down the street from the railroad tracks. Mm -hmm. And we have had trains going back and forth there for years because of the shaking Mm. of the railroad tracks, the bricks in our precious theater were so unstable. We couldn't even get a brick test Mm. and they, it crumbled. Mm. So with that $900,000, the state allowed us to change the scope of our project from saving the Bells Theater to rebuilding it, we had to take Mm. it down and it broke our hearts. Mm. But we were able to save a lot of the elements Mm. inside the theater. So when you come and visit our theater, Mm -hmm. you'll see the fans that were on the sides, you'll see the Art Deco uh, starburst and sunburst um, light fixtures that were in the lobby, you'll see it will be very familiar to you. We we built it back in the Art Deco style with a lot of the same elements that were in the original theater. I mean, to be honest, I've been by it many times. I just thought it was the original theater. So, oh, thank you. Know, you. Yes, thank I mean, you. It, that makes us feel yeah, really it good. It looks great. Now, you said you said we got three hundred thousand. We got to. It's for those of us <laughs> that try to to yes. uh, seek funds. It sounds so easy for our five. <laughs> 501c3 nonprofits. Yes. Uh, Is Discovery Park it's a 501c3? We are a 501c3. Yeah, we're a nonprofit uh, organization that uh, so, that lives off of the generous donations of of people around the world. Um, talk if there's anybody listening cuz here's here's what here's where I'm going with this. Yes. There are people listening who have buildings in their towns yes. that need to be saved and yes. it could be saved, but it takes money and they don't have money. So talk through for those people a little bit about the process you went through to see those funds come in. Well, we had a wonderful chamber of commerce director named Charlie Moore and Charlie Moore and Miss Mildred Brim and myself, I, I believe at one time the mayor of Bells called us those three bulldogs. So the first thing you have to do is have people that are committed, that understand that you are going to have roadblocks and you're going to think you're dead in the water. Never, never give up. There's always a way to get what you want. You just have to keep pushing. Uh, We knocked on doors of our um, of uh, a lot of big factories and their focus was in other things. And so our townspeople uh, raised that hundred, the first $100,000. We did it with cupcake sales. We did it with dinner on Main. We did it with the small businesses in the area. We did it with families whose children were interested in the arts, just $100 at a time, $25 at a time. We sold bags. We sold T-shirts. But once you reach that $100,000 mark, then you have some money that you can begin to make money with. You can match that money. Delta Regional Authority was was a big one for us because we got $200,000 
with that. Then that gave us $300,000 and all of the grants that were matching grants were then available to us. Mm. So um, I think what you have to do is just get with your chamber director and just start exploring all your options. And you just cannot give up the first time the going gets tough. We just chose not to. And so was it somewhat frustrating when you did all this work only to find out that you couldn't fix it up, that it had to be torn down? Oh, we were heartbroken. I mean, we had to take a week and just grieve. Yeah. We couldn't even talk about it. Yeah. But we're all people of faith. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that we knew without a doubt that this was our charge. We knew that we were supposed to do this. We knew that uh, that this was something that God wanted us to do, that he wanted this place for his children, that he wanted a place. God is the great creator. I mean, and creative people are only 10 percent of the population, real creative people. And they have a hard time finding their place because they are very creative. And so we knew that God wanted a place for those wonderful creative children that were in Crockett County to have a place. Oh, we had football. We had basketball. We have baseball. We have soccer. We have golf. We have all of those things. But what were those 10% of our 14,000 people? Uh, Of 14,000 people, that means there were 1,400 children that were not getting served. Plus, all of the people that had grown up in the Kincaid Gooch studio, plus all of the people that had grown up with Freda Kenner that were now adults, where people who play golf could go play golf on Sunday afternoon. That was their love. People that love to perform, there was no place for them to come and enjoy their uh, hobby. And so we were determined that we were going to have a place for those people. And we were determined that we were going to have a place that was free of charge to anyone who could not afford it. And we have we have done that now. We're on phase one. Yeah. Phase one is just the theater, the lobby, uh, the stage. Uh, we have $300,000 in place, and our, uh, we will apply for the second Parks and Rec grant, and we'll finish phase two, which will be our backstage, our dressing rooms, our offices and a catering facility so that we can host um, rehear- uh, rehearsal dinners and it will open up our theater for other uses in the county. We've had flower shows at, in our theater. We've had, of course, all kinds of plays and, and musical productions. I saw, I saw <clears throat> one of my favorite, uh, you know, Broadway shows that is not, I don't guess it's on, maybe it's still on Broadway, is Newsies. Oh. Is uh, Newsy still Newsies. on Broadway? It, it it was when I was there two years ago. Okay, so I saw where you guys had a performance of that recently, I and I watched some of the clips of it, and, I mean, those kids were really talented. Thank you. We're so proud of it. And, you know, um, we average between 60 and 90 students in every one of our shows, and right mm-hmm. now we don't have room in our Bells Theater for that. We still are using the – the high school stage, and we have a band director at Crockett County High School, Leah Faust, that is so good to us. She lets us take over her band room and divide it up into dressing room facilities. And were it not for the generosity of, of Leah Faust, um, I don't know what we would do. But right now, 
Our big cast productions are still at the high school, mm -hmm. but they will move as soon as we finish phase two, and that should be done in the next couple of years. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, what, and that was that leads into my question. I was going to ask you, because you could honestly do what you're doing in any building. You could do it in a tent if you had to. What is the significance of trying to do it in the space for the old Bell's Theater? Well, when we started the Arts Council, the, um, there wasn't there there wasn't any place for people um, to um, to gather that were interested in all different kinds of the arts. So we made our Arts Council a huge umbrella. And um, under that umbrella, we have visual arts, performing arts, music, literary arts. We have a lot of authors heritage and culture for our community. There's no group or organization that's promoting that. So we wanted to include that as well. Fine crafts and culinary arts we have. And so all of that is under the umbrella of the Arts Council. And we need a place. We need a place for our quilt shows and our um, flower shows for our, a matter of fact, last weekend, we had a plein air event which is where artists come from all over West Tennessee. They set up in Alum in Bells. They came and registered. They had three hours to paint. They came in. We had someone come in and um, score the paints and give us uh, a first place winner, a second place winner, third place winner. We had someone to come in and play lovely music, a local musician, um, and uh, raised a lot of money by selling the paintings of downtown bells and we needed a place for that you know we've got you've got to have a home if we're going to do everything that we want to do we, we've got to have an office we've got to have a place to work out of and right now half of my files are in my house half of them are at the chamber of commerce you know we're having shows at the high school we're having um flower shows at the bank. We're having quilt shows out at Green Frog. We have got to have a central location so that we can really focus on the things that we want to develop in our county. You know, what's interesting is a lot of people, thanks to the internet, people can live wherever they want who work online. And a lot of people are exploring moving out of big cities, but there, yes. the, some of the people I talked to, their worry is there aren't arts and culture in rural communities. But you know what, talking to people like you and some of the others in, in the region, there is a lot of arts and culture in many rural communities. It's, it's coming. It's beginning. It's coming. And we're so thankful for it. And I'm going to tell you, uh, the state of Tennessee has really poured into rural arts. Um, Tennessee Arts Commission, mm -hmm. they had an amazing grant. We got, we got a $60,000 grant from Tennessee Arts Commission last year to install lights and curtains in our theater. And it I think this grant opens in October. Mm -hmm. So anybody that needs um, microphones or any kind of equipment for their theater, the Tennessee Arts Commission is doing an outstanding job of trying to hook rural West Tennessee into the arts community.
Yeah, they actually uh, gave us a grant to bring in some of the artists that we brought in for our Total Tech Solution stage that's new for live performances, which, of course, is part of the arts. So, Absolutely. Yeah, no, they are. They, and they actually come here and do a, a clinic uh, for people who are interested in uh, applying for grants um, every once in a while. So, yeah, and aren't you proud that you have a place that hosts that kind of thing Absolutely. where people can come? I just want to commend, uh, commend the Kirklands. Yeah. You know, I know Union City several years ago lost their Goodyear plant and -hmm. took a huge hit. And you've got a family that loves this community so much that they are willing to invest. And what an amazing thing they have done for Union City. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we do get to see. As you came in today, there's probably 250 young people, students from camps and things in the building uh, today. Them. Yeah, you could hear them. I um, did. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, and there's there's buses all outside today. And so, you know, what a life-changing experience a lot of those young people get to have, thanks yes. to the Kirkland family. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's amazing. And we have so many generous people in Crockett County as well that pour into the arts. Now, they're, you know, like I say, it's $100 at a time, $25. Sure at a time but you know what it added up and we are so thankful for right. the families well the that folks invested. in McNary are doing some <gasps> oh Sean Pitts Sean is doing oh, some amazing stars. things he came and helped us you talk about a generous person he came and gave so much time and knowledge to us and helped us along and we went and toured their facility and he told us what he did and how we did it and uh, really we're based on what they did in McNary County yeah I mean they they're they're sort of the beacon that all rural communities yes. can look up. And he actually has been on our podcast before. So folks can Google on Discovery Park and hear his advice and suggestions, which still resonate now. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, I'm going to ask you uh, some more uh, questions. A real foot lake duck hunt with Parker's Outfitting is sure to exceed your expectations for a truly memorable experience. Ben Parker is fourth generation real foot waterfowl hunter and he'll make sure you and your party are well camouflaged in a comfortable real foot lake duck blind, have the best breakfast on the lake and get tips that will have you hunting like a pro no matter your experience level. Discover how Ben goes above and beyond in hospitality and service at parkersoutfitting.com. I hope you're enjoying the Real Foot Forward podcast from Discovery Park of America. If you are, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a positive review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. I'm here with Sarah Conley, chairperson of the Arts Council of Crockett County, and we're talking all about the arts in uh, rural areas and, and the importance and how they can really change people's lives. You know, um, Scott, one of the things that our chamber director said was, if you have all of the pieces of a puzzle to bring people to your county that, who might want to move there for industry and you don't have the arts, you don't have the whole puzzle. People will not come if there is not a really good community 
uh, for the arts there, for their children and for them and to enjoy the arts. And I believe that. Well, there's a lot of folks that really use that as a barometer. When my wife and I were considering moving to Union City, I Googled to find out if there was a theater here, if there was, you know, some some appreciation for the arts. And there was uh, my wife um, is an art historian. And so that was very important to her as well. Yes, she oh. teaches it. Did you not know that? No, I did. Yeah, not. she teaches we at UT had- Martin. That's wonderful. Yeah. So um, she uh, wanted, you know, to have a place, you know, fortunately for us, our our children are adults. So that was not something we were looking at. Um, but she, her first, when she first moved here, the first thing she did when we were settling in was teach art classes to, to young people. So she loves, she has a passion for teaching, also teaching art to young people. So And they need it desperately. There's so many times when, when children come through our program and their parents will say, I had no idea my child could sing and their child is singing three part harmony at in fourth grade at 10 years old. And it's a, um, it, it is a journey of discovery for these young people. Well, the other thing is the other economic portion of this is tourism. You know, a lot of people, cause I told Michelle, when I was looking um, at your website, I told Michelle, we need to go to some of their shows. Oh, you we know? would love for you to come. She would have loved to have done that open to air painting yeah, thing if she again. had known about it she she goes over to white squirrel um and paint sometimes out in the uh grapevines where where they are picking grapes so you Sean, know that it, was such a fun incredible event and i would love for your wife to have come over to see it and it was something that bells had never experienced before and it's the first annual event what they plan to do is go from uh next year it'll be in alamo the next year, we'll take we'll take another community in Crockett County, and we're going to move that plein air event all around the county, so that people can purchase um, paintings of uh, their towns and things that mean a lot to them. You know, and back to the economic development part, mm-hmm. we um, we had a, a two prong goal. One was, of course, to promote the arts in Crockett County, but the other was to revitalize downtown Bells through the arts. And I don't know if you are familiar with what's happened in downtown Bells, but thank goodness we have that theater because um, when we put that theater in, there were two restaurants in downtown Bells. Well, because of health reasons, Ho-Ho's closed. It was kind of a famous, local famous um, Chinese restaurant. Okay. And they just aged out and they closed. And then our other restaurant, Bob's Burgers, burned. Oh. And so thank goodness we have the theater because if the theater wasn't there, I don't know what our little town would do. Mm. It's bringing, it's continuing to bring people in to shop at our um, um, hardware store across the street, our Grocery stores, our gas stations, when parents are waiting for their children to come out of practice, well, they're going to go grocery shopping. They're going to go to our local That's restaurant. Right. And they buy gas. They buy gas. You know. They bring in uh, uh, someone coming in for tourism into a town averages spending about $73 mm. per person. And if you just look at the four theater productions that we've done in the last year. Um, it brought in about 3,350 people. And those are just the ones that I could think of off the top of my head really mm-hmm. quickly, which is $247,732 
of tourism money into the small county of Crockett. Mm -hmm. Now, in a big city, that's not much, but I can tell you in a small town, that's a huge wave in our pond and it's it's less money that the residents have to pay in taxes absolutely it is um it is significant economic driver it's a significant uh driver of self-confidence for the young people that aren't participating in friday night lights that's right not everybody can do that as you mentioned so yeah no it's it's amazing to see everything that's going on there is there anything else you want to add about that before i switch gears yes there's one thing that i i believe this came from Sean Pitts, I'm not sure, but it's almost been our mantra. And it is act like an arts council, think like a community economic development council. And that is what we're doing. And we also, one of the things that we've done is we have made people in our community aware of the skills that they have as art forms. My mother quilted her entire life. She had no idea that the the pieces that she created were art forms until we had a heritage and culture festival and we had a huge um quilt show and we contacted all the little ladies in all the little sewing circles and they brought their quilts and they were so excited for people to look at them and see them as the work of art that they are and they we gave prizes it was just a lovely event and we did that for three years and then COVID hit Mm. and I'm sorry to say we haven't gotten back to that but we are well and and you know we're only an hour and a half from Paducah where the quilt museum is there and it's it is my grandmother was the same way she made quilts my grandmother also made crochet dresses for her toilet paper and (laughs) yeah my my grandmother granny as we called her Uh you know sewed and quilted and knitted and did all that you know it some of it you know was kind of bizarre looking um i um, but you know looking back it's not now it's 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 art of that era. Yeah, I was going to say there's a there's a whole sector. I don't know the right words, mm-hmm. but the, a whole area of art that covers those handmade things that people who lived out in the country, you know, made. And, you know, sewing is becoming um, it, it's just hard to find anyone that knows how to sew. I was fortunate enough to many years ago mean uh, was uh, a contestant in the Miss Tennessee pageant. My mother made everything I wore. Oh, She was just an incredible uh, seamstress and um, before her time, a fashion designer. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And, you know, she didn't didn't know that her skills were works of art. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So speaking of that, that's a good segue. Um, Tell tell me more about the family reunion that we had was at your house. And so I want to hear you share with people about your house because it's, it, it is a work of art in of oh, architectural art well, you thank know, you. in and of itself. So tell us about your house, but also about the art inside it and about how you uh, entertained for that event. I think people would enjoy hearing about that, the tables and the oh, settings. And- well, um, our house was built in 1900 by my children's great great grandfather. Um, growing up, I always loved old homes, and it just so happened that my husband, uh, his family is a very old family in Crockett County, as is mine. And uh, we have several generations of China that, um, that we've inherited through the years. I have his great great grandmother's China, I have my great great grandmother's China. 
we have several art pieces. Uh, my husband's great aunt was uh, an artist, and we were fortunate enough to inherit many of her pieces. And we've added to those through the years with things that we just found interesting to us. And uh, we have... A, a, I told you, Scott, when we moved into our home, we didn't buy one piece of furniture, but we spent a lot of money repairing the furniture that was there that belonged to his great-great-grandparents and some that belonged to my family. A lot of oriental rugs that are vegetable-dyed oriental rugs, those came from my side of the family that were signed, uh, it was signed, woven into the carpet, the the tribe that, um, that, um, created those works of art and we enjoy entertaining we have what my granddaughter has designated she calls them the holiday rooms she's talking mm -hmm. about my living room and dining room she said you know they say the holiday room <laughs> so and we made a commitment to our community we knew when god blessed us with that home that uh, he intended for us to use it for his glory and we try very hard to honor the young girls that come through our church with teas and showers. And of course, when I came to the um, to the barbecue hut and we had our Castello family reunion there, the it, I, I was just sad. Mm -hmm. I thought this is this is sad. We have a home. It breaks my heart that we are here when we could be in a home setting where people can relax and enjoy themselves. And I wanted to share my home. And I remember you saying uh, back then we were at the Olympic. Yes. And I remember being introduced to you and then you saying, y'all, I'm going to invite y'all to come to my house next year. Yes. And I thought, I don't know who she is, but I'm happy to go to her house. I think it's going to be <laughs> fun. And so it was so generous of you, well, thank you to open it up, period, no matter. But for folks who obviously most people listening weren't able to be there, but it's a beautiful old, I guess it's two story. It's a farmhouse. It, you know, it is a two story farmhouse. The typical um, sort of white siding with green. Green. You know, it's always been white with a green roof. It's it's up on a hill. It has a big front porch on it. Um, and if you walk through the home, when you walk in the front door, you can see that's original to the home. If Robert Lee Conley, who built it, walked in the door, he would know exactly where he was. He would recognize his home for what it was. My husband's office was a bedroom. And at the time, as is typical of those old houses, right off the living room and dining room was a bedroom. Um, my husband's great aunt was born in, in that room two of his great aunts. And so we just reassigned that and made it my husband's office. But as you walk through the home, you can see, and we left it this way on purpose. You can see where it goes from being a home that was built in 1900 to the mid-century modern, where you see the library was added, the sunroom, and then um, we the kitchen. I did remodel the kitchen. I couldn't I had to put my um, my own spin on it, but we made sure that what we put in that home was typical of what would have been there. We used the white inset doors and the white marble. Um, we um, and then in the back, that home had the very first indoor bathroom in the county. And we still have the original clawfoot tub that multiple generations of Conleys have. 
That's crazy. Have used yeah. my grandchildren love to swim around in it. It's a big old thing, and they just love it. They, <laughs> yeah, they no, think it's, it's really wonderful. Cool. And uh, and we, then you have the really cool floors. Yes, we yeah, have the, the brick floors and yeah. the, and the wood floors. And you know that house, uh, it caught fire in mm. 1995, mm. and our local fire department, volunteer fire department, went. Um, answered the call and somebody said, what should we pull out of that house? And bless his heart. Um, Bobby Jones brother said, you pull everything out of that house. Everything has value. And those firemen, while we were gone, we weren't even in town, pulled everything out of that house. And I think they broke like one cup and saucer. Mm. How they did that. I'll never wow. know. And wow. then now this is commitment, and this is this would only happen in a small community. The firemen knew because there were wood walls in that home that that fire was going to flame back up, and they took shifts staying there. And when it would flame back up, they would pour more water on it. They never wow. left it. Wow. They never left it. And that's what small town living will do for you. Mm -hmm. We're all a family and we live in this little fishbowl together and people care about each other. Mm -hmm. And they saved that house. That's amazing. What a great story. Yes. Um, yes. I know that the house opens up to gardens. And and so uh, we just opened a greenhouse here at Discovery Park. I and, love I, yeah. I tour. One of the things I love most about Discovery Park is walking around and touring the lovely formal gardens mm -hmm. that you have out here and the uh, the. Asia, the Oriental Garden. Yep. Yep. Gorgeous. We love it. But it's going to get even better looking now that we have our own greenhouse to grow things in. So tell us a little bit about your gardens and what your vision is for that. Well, is that you or your husband? My husband takes care of the lawn. I take I take care of the gardens okay. and I develop the gardens. But I did want to tell you that, I mean, Crockett County is full of a lot of farmers mm -hmm. and a lot of former athletes. And God was so good to me to deliver to me a husband who supports all of the time and effort and energy I give to the arts. He also happens to be an attorney. So he gives a lot of time, oh, especially yes. when we were going through our 501c3. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I could not have done what I've done without my husband and my son, who's also an attorney, who gave hours of time. Yeah, well, shout out to John Warner, who is our local attorney and friend of Robert Kirkland, who has done a lot of work for Discovery Park as well. He's a he is a legal eagle who has taken care of us. So I do know the importance yes. of having a lawyer on your side. Yes. It, and and the hours and hours and bless his heart, he never complained. And he's also a drummer. I, and he, I and saw he, that on Facebook. He, he accompanies, yeah, he, he accompanies our pianist Kathy Kale. Um, mm -hmm. She does all of our uh, all of our music for the Arts Council, and he uh, he accompanies her. He traveled with a USO tour and got to travel and do and do a lot of fun things. Through that, drum. and you haven't said his name. Let's shout out. My husband's name is Paul Booker Conley the third. My son, one of my sons, is Paul Booker Conley the fourth, and his son is Paul Booker Conley the fifth. Oh, that's sooner great. or later, yeah, that that one's going to stop. Yeah, but that's that's, that's a lot of a, pressure to have the sixth. It is, um, and an he's a judge family. in Crockett he County. He is. He he is, and a good one. And a sweet man. So your gardens, my what, gardens. What what do you put? What t tell us what's in the gardens? Well, when you when you um, exit our back door, as close to my kitchen as I could, we have a formal herb garden, and in that, I'm going to try to tour it through my mind. We have sage, three different kinds of sage. 
We have um, parsley, lavender, basil, cilantro in season, basil in season. Uh, We have lemon thyme, regular thyme, oregano, chives, and I have some flocks just because they're beautiful. And then we have roses in the center. Oh, my goodness. And we love it. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it's a labor of love. They say if you want something done, ask a busy person. So I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking you're the person that, that uh, needs to get things done. Well, I don't I don't know. But I know I like to stay busy. Well, you with with even just that little garden. And then, I mean, your gardens go on and on and on. <laughs> and I noticed some vintage vehicles in the very, very back. My husband is so sentimental about anything that was ever owned by his grandparents or great grandparents. So if you want to come by our house, we have people knock on our door all the time and say, do you want to sell those vintage cars that are just out there under the trees? And the answer is no. He likes one around and look at them looking at them they're his <laughs> great grandfathers and his great great grandfathers and his his fathers and they belong to alamo construction company which was a company that they had for years and years and uh, he enjoys those and between that and um between his cars and the herb garden is our vegetable garden and we have tomatoes um let me think we have tomatoes and blueberries blackberries we have zucchini yellow squash we have turnip greens in the fall we have purple hull peas and um eggplant and green beans and lots of different kinds of peppers and we we grow those and we dry them and we make our own herbs and we can the vegetables well i was going to ask you does your side of the family do they make a stew like they do in brownsville and haywood county haywood county County stew have you had the haywood county both my grandparents made the haywood county stew in great big in great big pots um, at their garden outside, and I would, as a little kid, I grew up both both sides of the family would give me a jar of stew. You do know that that Haywood County stew. Nobody knows about that, but descendants of people that were in that were in um, Holly Grove area. Yeah, it's it's a strange thing, isn't it? Is it is a strange that, that it's, looking it's stew. It's but nowhere it's else in the world. I think I think it's a little bit like Brunswick stew. I did a little bit of research to try to figure it out one time. Yeah, and it there is. Some, it came from North Carolina when they came across. They sort of brought the idea, but they'll have it now in in a hey in a Holly Grove. You yeah, know, does I think Roland Reed still does his stew. Yeah, I see does him, he? Uh-huh, I see him. You know, making a big. A big Roland stew. Reed, if you're listening, please invite me to the next time you do a stew because there's nothing like it. They stir it with a giant um, ore. They do, you know, and they cook. It's it can't. I don't think it would pass the health you're department. Talking about this stew, I'm so excited about this. I didn't think anybody knew about it, but us. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to me. And there's actually, I'll send you a link um, on my personal little uh, website. I have a link to a video my wife and I did one time. We went to a stew. And this okay. is when I was living in D.C. and we came down and went to a stew and they call it a stew. They yeah. say, hey, we're having a stew we're if y'all want to come. Everybody comes yep. and, and sits around and, and so stirs we, the stew. I videoed um, them doing the stew, you know, because it was unlike anything you know that that you see anywhere else, and yeah. it's a it's a chicken stew, and I got my grandmother's recipe, and it starts with uh, boil eight chickens, and so you know you can yeah. they they make it a lot, they make a lot when they make it. I have my I have the recipe in my mother's own handwriting, and I must tell you that um, 
several generations back, it was rabbit and squirrel. That's correct. Abs- and and do you know Sonia Outlaw Clark? I do. Uh, so Sonia, they still do squirrel in theirs. Is that um, right? Yeah. So I bet it's delicious. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've never had squirrel, but I'm going to tell you, I know that stew is good. Yeah. Oh, no, it is delicious. They put chicken in it, too. But yeah, Sonia and her family, they well, she's from, you know, Haywood County, too. Yeah. So she they same same thing. So anyway, hopefully we've made people hungry. And um, so if people want to find out more about what you're doing um, in um, Crockett County, where do they go? That we have an Arts Council of Crockett, Tennessee Facebook page where we always keep people informed of what's going on with the Arts Council. And um, that's what you do. And I have a Facebook page, Sarah Conley, and I'm I'm public. And so you can I, I put everything on my Facebook page. And Zach will link over to uh, y'all's page on the show notes if anybody's curious. I know people. I know we've piqued people's interest. The Newsies is is it over? The Newsies is already. The Newsies had, is over. Okay. We're in production now with our fourth through sixth grade. That's our training group. We do fourth grade through sixth grade. We've got uh, we had sixty to three to audition, and we're doing Shrek. Oh, that'll so, be great. And then in the fall, and then in the spring, I think I'm gonna do a, just a, a light fun we're gonna do grease oh that'll be and, and if it'll anybody's be fun. looking for a great fun weekend come see y'all's play come check out discovery park of america look at our new greenhouse i can't wait uh, for you to a, see a your lot people can do around here uh on a long weekend you know a lot of great places like what you guys are doing in crockett county you know a lot of uh, fun rural experiences so uh just uh get online and and search and come visit all of us and i'm going to tell you if you haven't been to crockett county lately you haven't been to crockett county because we have wonderful boutiques people drive from all over to come to our boutiques in on court square and alamo farmer's daughter amazing wonderful shopping for the ladies absolutely and a lovely brand new um little delicatessen coffee shop called stir that was just opened by my niece who's a go-getter well i'm sad i can't go to ho-ho's but i'll go to stir come um, come see me. yeah i'll come i'll come to stir and then um i'll uh come back and eat some of your stew um, I will invite that, you. My <laughs> sisters and I have two older sisters, and we, we we make us do, and I would love for you to come. Oh, my goodness. Please do. Well, thank you for being on our podcast. This was fun. Well, it, you have you are delightful, and thank you for having me, and thank you for what you do for Discovery Park, and thank you for giving a voice to rural West Tennessee. Absolutely. My pleasure. And thanks to all of you listeners who've joined us today at Discovery Park of America. Our mission here is to inspire children and adults to see beyond. To plan an experience here for you and your family, visit discoveryparkofamerica.com. Discovery Park of America.